Hello, Zach. Welcome. Let me invite you up. I'm sorry, I just woke up. I had some wine, and uh, in Danny's room, and I fell asleep. How's it going, Zach? Oh, no problem, Zach. No worry. Okay, I just woke up. And uh, anyway, I wasn't going to do a room today. I was going to just uh, listen in from room to rooms. I was in Danny's room earlier. In fact, until like two minutes, uh, five minutes ago. Uh, I wasn't going to do a room. Then, <laughs> as always, the, the material just come up to me. I was like, wow, I probably have to do this. Because this is a Christmas Eve. 2023, December 24th. And I read this uh, on Judge Report that uh, Bethlehem is a ghost town. I remember when I was uh, still following the serious celebration of Christmas, I this is probably 30 some years ago, I... Uh, I actually watch TV uh, that uh, that they have this live uh, scene, live footage from Bethlehem, and then they will switch to live footage in uh, in this. Uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. It's just right outside the Pope Francis uh, residence. I mean, I mean, not Pope Francis, but the Pope at the time, and uh, in Rome. And uh, around the Christmas Eve, also, those are very impressive stuff. But this year, interestingly enough, uh, the Bethlehem is a ghost town. So that's interesting. It says it's because uh, of the Israel-Hamas war. In a, uh, that, uh, this is a one piece of news. I did not even read the whole thing, and uh, I was like, "Wow, that I can understand." You know, the tension is high. What is more disturbing is the other news. So, I remember the other day, uh, Joshua played uh, Glenn Laurie and uh, John McWhorter's uh, clip on YouTube. I do follow these two gentlemen. Uh, Glenn Laurie has a regular YouTube channel. And uh, I watch them as much as I can. So sure enough, I have bookmarked one of the recent podcasts, which is broadcast in uh, December the 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. By the way, I posted uh, that YouTube clip about uh, George Floyd's death, the truth about George Floyd's death. And I posted it in the description room. So that's something I did, uh, what? Uh, I did listen, and it was quite shocking to me. Because... Uh, it reminds me of October 7th. 
exactly what happened to George Floyd. Now, I have to say, uh, Glenn and John is uh, are discussing a documentary posted on Rumble. And uh, by the way, both uh, John's and uh, uh, John McWhorter and Glenn Glory's uh, YouTube clip dated uh, December the 2nd. Now it has uh, like over a million some views. And they are talking about a documentary uh, and uh, which is published on Rumble. And uh, that Rumble video, which is an hour and 42 minutes, also had uh, millions of views. Let me see how many. Uh, oh, I know they have a lot of views also. So, so basically, these two gentlemen on December the second talked about this clip, which is very interesting because of this. We have talked a great deal about October the seventh, uh, but uh, I personally have not know, or at least I have to admit, I do not know the full detail or full factual background of exactly what happened in October seventh. You know, America has a lot of conspiracy theorists, right? And uh, we all want to talk about the uh, uh, alternative uh, explanation of the historic events, such as JFK's assassination, 9-11. And, uh, but both these two events, JFK and 9-11, they all happened in the U.S. soil. But not everyone in America agree with each other about exactly what happened. October 7th happened in, in, in the Middle East. And uh, I know for a fact uh, there's uh, two, right now there's at least two versions of the, of the event of October 7th. Now let's talk about this George Floyd's death. So according to John McWhorter and Glenn Laurie, uh, apparently, you know, they, they take this documentary seriously. They believe... Uh, 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 Derek Chauvin, C H A U V I N, he Chauvin did not kill George Floyd. That is a big deal. <laughs> it's like, uh, did OJ Simpson actually commit a double murder? <laughs> Most people in America or in the world, as a matter of fact, would agree that probably OJ did it. But did uh, Derek Chauvin actually kill George Floyd? That is the, uh, oh, what kind of a person is George Floyd? And exactly what happened on the day George Floyd was killed? That's that, what documentary is all about. The, the reason I want to talk about this is this. What happened October 7th in the Middle East? You have at least two versions. One is the Palestinian version. One's the Israeli IDF version. Which one you believe? Right? And we all know it's an important historic event. And uh, who is telling the truth? Nothing but the whole truth here. Same thing with Derek Chauvin. Exactly what happened here? Because remember, I think the uh, uh, there were four cops who are involved, who, who are around the scene at the George Floyd's death, and I think uh, the, the in the 
uh, in addition to Derek Chauvin, the rest of the three cops were co were convicted of uh, ba basically baiting, uh, aiding and abating Derek Chauvin in the murder of uh, Derek, uh, uh, in the in the murder of uh, George Floyd. However, if Derek Chauvin really did not kill George Floyd, then these three other cops cannot be convicted convicted for aiding and abating a murder. Right? So you will have a two version of what happened to George Floyd now. One is a, when I say a woke version, if a woke is a bad word, I would say, I will use the word, uh, say, a political version, meaning, meaning the facts are selectively arranged to show that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. And then you have this new version, this Rumble's documentary. Hey, Heidi, welcome. Let me invite you up. And you will have a this documentary version saying, with a, by the way, with the footage. I have not finished watching this uh, Rumble documentary yet. Uh, I already was quite impressed with uh, some of the stuff that I do not know. Uh, so you have a two version of a George Floyd. Uh, by the way, George Floyd's event oh, is considered God. one of the revolutionary event in the progressive cause in America. And uh, just like October 7, the Hamas attack is considered a pivotal event in the world history. But we have two versions. We have two versions of, of October 7th, and then we have a two versions of a Derek Chauvin. And uh, in addition to that, as I have listed uh, the description of the room, because I have long been, I always consider myself a Philadelphian. I have been living in the Philadelphia area ever since I landed in America. So I never uh, seriously, you know, live in other parts of the United States uh, until really, you know, since last year, I would say. And uh, in Philadelphia, there is a very famous case, is of the case of Mumia Abu-Jamal. Uh, I don't need to tell you uh, too much. You, you, just, you can just Google his name, uh, Mumia Abu-Jamal. Mumia Abu-Jamal was convicted, is convicted of a killing a police officer. Daniel uh, Faulkner, I remember his name. I'll tell you why I remember all this. Uh, back in the 90s, I do listen to the talk radio. And, uh, you know, especially back, back then I was commuting to work back and forth. And, uh, uh, you know, I do listen to talk radio to, uh, you know, just, you know, just during the commute time and all that, you know, probably afterwards or at work. So Mumia Abu Jamal, it's a serious hot topic. On the one side, you have the progressive force alleging that the Mumia Abu Jamal is being framed. He was not the killer of Daniel Faulkner. 
on the on the other end, there's another version that you know. I'd say it's called the cops version, the police version. The police version is that he did kill police officer Daniel Faulkner, and because of the conviction, that Mumia Abu Jamal is sentenced to death. I believe that that sentence was uh, commuted or reduced to a life uh, a life in prison. But Mumia Abu Jamal is probably the only other racially charged case that even today we do not know the truth of it. You have two versions, like October seventh, Hamas attack. Like George Floyd. So that's why I'm saying, you know, on this Christmas Eve, while Bethlehem is totally empty, <laughs> and America actually has a Palestinian problem too. What's that Palestinian problem? Is that for these highly racially charged event we actually do not have the full set of facts to determine the guilty party here now i have said in the past that george floyd, uh, uh, floyd definitely committed a crime he's using a fake 20 dollar bill right i have a, just seen uh, some of the footage of this rumble documentary now i'm going to say that uh, according to the security camera again as part of this documentary the footage george floyd looks like a, a scary black dude i mean he does not deserve to die no doubt about that now again like i said i'm going to continue to watch that rumble You know, uh, that, you know, I'm glad you, you, you post that. I do not know either. I'll tell you this. I'm going to watch that documentary. Because that documentary said the, the judicial process, the entire pros, uh, prosecution proceeding against, uh, against uh, uh, Derek Chauvin is a fraud. Is a fraud. That is a claim. Okay. Now, I do not know whether it will be beneficial for me to play the the clip I posted on the. Uh, it's uh, this is a, a, a forty two minutes clip on YouTube on the Glenn Show G L E N N Show, and the title of the clip is called "The Truth About George Floyd's Death." It's a forty two minutes. With the 1.3 million views in two, in the past two weeks, let's have a vote. Do you guys want to play? Want me to play it? <laughs> I have played. It's a 42 minutes. It's pretty pretty interesting. It's a it's a conversation. Now, oh, by the way, I, I okay, Zach. Then I'll play it. So, by the way, I like uh, uh, Glenn Laurie and John McWhorter not because I agree with everything they said. 
they, I know they are on the conservative side of things, but I can tell you, these two gentlemen, they do not have those pretentious posture. They, they are serious. They are honest. They are, they are, what do you say? They are factual. They are genuine. That's what I'm trying to say. So, so okay, if Zach says he's going to play, let, let, let's hear what uh, this Bold Beaver has to say. Hey, Bold Beaver. Okay, he probably is a troll. <laughs> he just left. Okay, just let, let, let me set up to play that. Power on. Bluetooth connected. issue is whether she makes a case and the case is painfully clear and i'm willing to you know i will eat crow if it turns out that she made all of this up and folks it's not about whether george floyd was a good person that's that's not my thing we were lied to and the whole issue the whole way we think about george floyd was wrong including the way i thought of him until about 10 minutes ago i had no idea that eric chauvin didn't kill him Hey there, John. How you doing, man? Hey, Glenn. Glenn Lowry here, The Glenn Show, with John McWhorter. I teach at Brown University, and I'm John Paulson, Senior Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. The Manhattan Institute sponsors The Glenn Show. Every other week, I talk with John McWhorter. He's a professor at Columbia University, and he writes for The New York Times. Uh, so we're back uh, to talk about this and that. John, how you doing? I'm good, Glenn. And you know, this is, sorry to jump the gun, but... This is going to be kind of an interesting episode. We're kind of coming around because I think one of the ones we did that had the most impact, as it were, was in 2020 in an episode in, I think, May, where we were both sitting just like this. I was at this desk talking into this mic, and I said, Glenn, we need to talk about this George Floyd thing. And something happened then. I think that that really... Something clicked then, and I think we got a lot more viewers, et cetera. Neither one of us knew at the time that that was the case. It seemed George Floyd at the time felt like it was going to be this passing episode. And now here we are, a little older, got through the pandemic, got through all sorts of things. And we need to talk about George Floyd again. And um, you can take it from there. Well, yeah, I think that episode went viral, as they say, and it did it did bring us a lot of attention. And that was then May, uh, June of 2020, in the midst of the pandemic, Trump and Biden knocking heads for president or for leading to the, their nominations where they would end up knocking heads for president. Pandemic. Uh, what a fraught time. And then this uh, this uh, George Floyd phenomenon. Uh, we're talking about George Floyd because there has recently been released a documentary film called The Fall of Minneapolis, produced by a uh, documentary filmmaking crew called uh, Alpha News. I think that's what they call themselves, Alpha News, Minneapolis-based, uh, led by uh, uh, Liz Collins, who's the writer, 
uh, narrator uh, of the film and uh, J.C. Shea, who's the director of it. I'm looking at my notes, just try to get this right. Uh, it's up at Rumble for free. Anybody can look at it. We'll put the URL in the description of this post, uh, The Fall of Minneapolis. And it is a detailed uh, accounting, recounting, uh, from a point of view, to be sure, of the events that uh, led to the death and then the aftermath of the death of, uh, of George Floyd in Minneapolis. That documentary film has just dropped, I mean, within a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we're uh, talking here on December 2nd. And, um, we both viewed it and, and we have our, have our views about it. And it does, it's like a walk down memory lane. It's, it's like, you know, it seems like it raises, so long ago. Yeah. It raises a million questions. Um, I, I'll say for my part, it's very well done. Uh, they have original body cam footage that, that's, uh, been uh, carefully, uh, curated and, uh, edited and whatnot. It gives you a sense. The arrest of George Floyd, the trial of Derek Chauvin, the aftermath for the police department. Glenn, I want to interrupt very briefly. The body cam footage you haven't seen, folks. This isn't just the people standing there with their cell phones. This is crystal clear 2020 body cam footage. It looks like a movie of everything that happened in the whole 20 minutes before that, that makes all of it a very different story than what we've known. Anyway, go ahead, Glenn. No, that's good. Uh, Let's get going. You and I talking about this, uh, I just was going to mention that, uh, ironically, Derek Chauvin was attacked in his prison, in a federal prison in Arizona, stabbed and injured seriously, a major uh, uh, medical threat stabs. to his life. 22 stabs, I didn't know that. Uh, just the other day, I mean, just within uh, a couple of weeks of this film having been uh having having been uh made public and uh that's that's a coincidence that gives gives pause that gives serious pause because the film raises real questions about whether or not he got a fair trial in minneapolis it raises real questions about whether or not the narrative that comes out of the so-called murder i said so-called oh my god (laughs) how dare i how dare I <laughs> even begin to think critically about whether or not it's appropriate to say what happened to George Floyd was murder. Uh, and yet you're moved, uh, if you watch this film, I think, with an open head mind, you're moved to raise exactly that kind of question. So there we are. It's it, here we here we are. Here we are again. Like in 2016, we did one of these where I learned from you by uh, our friend Peter Moskos that the whole business of black men being at a unique risk of being killed by white cops is vastly distorted, that these things happen to white people too. I always thought, as as un-PC and unwoke as I supposedly am, I thought that the general narrative about black people and the cops was true. And I written about it now for 25 years and said, it's the last thing standing. It's the chimney that didn't burn down when the rest of the house did, et cetera. And then uh, you taught me that that needs a rethinking. On this one, in 2020, we talked about how every one of these cases of a white cop killing a black man turns out to not be what we thought. So, you know, it wasn't that George Zimmerman Taps Trayvon Martin on the shoulder. Oh, excuse they, me, was not a cop. He was not a cop. He was a right. citizen. But 
Go ahead. Yeah, that's an important point. Didn't tap him on the shoulder and they had an argument and George Zimmerman shot him in the face. That's not what happened. George Zimmerman shot him with Trayvon Martin on top of him, seeming like he might be about to kill him, which is just different. Mike Brown did not die with his hands up. He was trying to grab the gun of Darren Wilson and was lunging at him over and over again. It's always like that. But I always thought that with the George Floyd case, you couldn't argue with the basic facts. It seemed that this white cop had his knee on this man's neck, which seems so barbaric, but that's what the photo that you always see looks like, and that he couldn't breathe because the knee was on his neck and that he choked and died of asphyxiation. That seemed to be the fact with various people connected to the Minneapolis police force saying that they were unfamiliar with this move, this business of putting the knee on the neck, that that's not part of their training. And so the issue was, why did that happen to George Floyd? Has something like that ever happened to a white person? In this case, it was Tony Timpa, who was killed in a very similar way, not you know too long before George Floyd. But I always thought, yes, I've been happy to see Derek Chauvin going to jail. I have written about him as a murderer many, many times. And then look, look at this. Once again, we've been lied to. And I... And the sad thing, Glenn, is that nobody you know, left of center is going to admit that any of this could be valid. Truth will not matter on this one. Okay, I want to pause here a little bit. I am like a John McWhorter, is that I have always believed everything that the media has uh, reported about what exactly happened. I'm I'm among those people. And I always trusted, I guess it's incorrect for me to do that, that when you go through a legal proceeding, such as the prosecution of four cops who are represented by attorneys, by the way, and I thought under these circumstances, there's no way facts can be twisted for a some kind of a political agenda but apparently that is entirely possible if if this uh rumble documentary what what this documentary says is true again i have not finished read, uh, watching it i post the link on the in the room's description the reason i jumped the gun to talk about this really is because we have on see these two versions of October 7th. No, I remember Heidi has to talk about how IDF actually killed the Israelis to cover up their own thing. Right? And, uh, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Mumia Abu Jamal, for his case, you know, you can have a, uh, he said and the cop says stuff because uh, there's no camera back then. This is back in 19... 19- it's in the 1990s. But remember, George Floyd, his death is a fully, apparently, videotaped. As, uh, as these two gentlemen have mentioned, it's, uh, it's, there's a full-body camera, not just a cell phone, full-body camera, and a surveillance tape from the store. And you will think all these video clips, video evidence has been, will be fully examined to the fullest extent under the law. 
So I always thought I had, you know, it's a slam dunk case. It's this videotape. Boy, I guess I was wrong, but I will finish watching that uh, Rumble, uh, Rumble uh, uh, clip. So, so without further ado, hi, Vlad. Welcomes. I'm going to continue to play. Once again, these two gentlemen. Again, I I don't necessarily agree with everything they said. I think I already criticized the John McWhorter uh, uh, when he commented on like how how Chinese should have adopted a a, a, stru- a, a scripture type of language instead of using uh, the 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 chi- uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the character Chinese character based. Uh, I think this is called a uh, pictorial. I do not know. Basically, a picture-based uh, language system, which actually I think it's a good thing. I'm pretty proud of it, uh, as a matter of fact. So let me continue to play what uh, these two gentlemen are talking about. We'll come back to it. Uh, that is that the um, epistemic dilemma that we're in of being able well, to look. come to public agreement about what actually happened. And we're in a deep hole as a society because that's a, you know, that's a tough one. But I wanted to just call to mind the scene in the uh, documentary film that we're talking about called The Fall of Minneapolis, which tells in an account sympathetic to the police officer's point of view, I think that should be said. It's not wrong for that. Uh, what happened in Minneapolis with the death of George Floyd and its aftermath. I wanted to call to mind the scene where the interviewer is with Derek Chauvin's mother, the mother of the cop, the, the cop, the murderous cop. He has a mother. He's locked away for some interminable period of time. He got, you know, I can't even remember now, but I mean, it's hundreds of months. And Over 20 years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long time. And uh, the the mother is saying, here's the training manual. The training manual is showing a certain maximal restraint technique of uh, immobilizing a recalcitrant suspect, which has a photograph in it of a man with his knee on the shoulder, not the neck, the shoulder, not in an asphyxiating, but in an immobilizing manner. Just as when you see the body cam footage of Derek Chauvin in that position, it's very, very, very similar. (laughs) This was not allowed to be introduced into evidence at trial. (laughs) The judge, who is depicted as having been biased against the cops in this documentary film, I don't know if that's true or false, but there is a point of view in the film. I think we have to acknowledge that. It's not wrong for being a point of view, but I think it's a point of view. I don't know the details about the judge who heard Derek Chauvin's case enough to be able to comment on whether or not he really is biased. I don't know that. The politics of Independence County, Minneapolis, Minnesota, I don't know that. But uh, the film does raise these kind of questions. A uh, police officer command- of commanding rank testifies at trial that uh, that technique was not a part of the training when trainers who spent decades training Minneapolis cops affirmed that, of course, it was a part of the training. Is this a trained Minneapolis Police Department technique? It is not. When I heard that, I really wanted to get up off my chair and yell, bullshit. 
So rather than a vicious white malicious nigga hating cop putting his knee on the neck of this poor helpless man and strangling the life out of him, something different from that actually happened. Okay, I want to pause here again. Remember, uh, Glenn just mentioned the word the judge. And he said the judge refused to allow a police training manual uh, 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 demonstrating that the manual contains the specific instruction of using the technique that Chauvin used to subdue George Floyd. And the judge refused to accept, uh, allow that to be part of the evidence. And you also have a, a cop testifying, say, no, they are never, that technique is never allowed. Which, if I'm mistaken, Glenn and John is saying this witness understand lied under oath. I was like, seriously, remember, I intentionally put this room in the judicial white privilege. For the exact reason is that when the judge is doing this kind of shit, when the false testimony is allowed, this is not your justice system. Right, you know, so this is why I said the, the the America has a Palestinian problem for a violent event like the death of George Floyd. We actually have a two, at least two versions of what happened, even after a formal judicial proceeding has occurred. So that comes to me as a is a complete shock. So let me continue to play. Would he do that? You know, whatever kind of terrible person he supposedly is, or was, or could be, you put your knee on the person's neck, the idea being to asphyxiate the person or not knowing that that would be rather dangerous, it's the shoulder. And if you look at the picture, you can think if you're told that he put his knee on his neck, that it was the neck, but also the shoulder. And people, this is the important thing. This, this is so important. He's saying, I can't breathe. Okay. But one, there are three things. One, if he's saying it in that clear, strong voice, it would appear that he could breathe. Okay. So that was always a little strange. But maybe there's a point where you can say, I can't breathe, but you're getting dangerously little air. But still, that stance. Two, this is what's important. In the body cam footage, which we've never seen, George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe when he was standing up straight and just being coaxed to get into the car. What they were trying to do was take him somewhere to get treatment because the, the drugs were severely addling his mind. And he wouldn't get in the car. And he starts saying, breathing air, standing up. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. When nobody is anywhere near his neck or anything else. George Floyd was extremely high on fentanyl and meth to an extent that could have killed him sitting in a chair. If you're on fentanyl in particular, you get something called wooden chest where you can't breathe if you've got that much in you. That's how high he was. Now, the issue is not the morality of him being high, but he was saying, I can't breathe long before anybody would pat him on the ground. And then the third thing is this. 
What a lot of people are going to say is look at the agony of his face in the standard photo. It looks like he, he, he can't breathe. He's in agony. That grimace that we see is something that does move you. But if you look at the body cam footage we've never seen, George Floyd had that exact same look on his face when the cops just approached his car and said, get out. He was really messed up that night. I'm not moralizing. Just because I'm wearing a cardigan doesn't mean that I don't understand the joy of drugs and liquor. But he was majorly <laughs> fucked up. And it was, the day, as, it was during the day. It was not at night. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm making it at night. But it's, it, it's in daylight. And he, the cops come up, and he's just, oh, God, oh, don't shoot me. And nobody has a gun. You know, I, I just lost my mother. His mother died years ago. Don't, you know, don't, don't. They weren't threatening him at all. He was really, really messed up, and he had that same look on his face. So I don't think, unless this is faked, you know, here we are in the age of AI. We have to allow that just maybe. But unless that body cam footage is faked, Derek Chauvin didn't kill that man. I never thought I'd be saying that. But it appears to be true. Are we missing anything? Do you remember Shelby Steele's film about uh, Ferguson, Eli and Shelby, his son, Eli Steele, the filmmaker, and Shelby Steele, the writer? I think they called it What Killed Michael Brown. And uh, in it, uh, Steele introduces this concept. I think he calls it uh, virtually true. It, it was, you know, true in effect. A narrative that is so in uh uh, coordination with a sentiment that's widely held in the public that people want to believe that it's true because it provides additional evidence to what they've been telling you all along is the case about this country and about the lives of black people in this country becomes unassailable. It, it, it becomes in effect true. It, it, it is, you know, a virtual truth. Poetic. That was his phrase, a poetic truth. I, I just love that phrase. Uh, and this is back to this question of whether or not you can actually say that Chauvin didn't kill uh, George Floyd. Because, I mean, think what that entails. That means all that rioting, looting, and burning, all, all of that uh, civil disorder that has had and will continue to have political ramifications uh, echoing down across the years. What was that for? Um, I will pause here a little bit. So... Uh, Glenn mentioned the Michael Brown. Oh, by the way, I'm not a fan of cop whatsoever. Whatsoever, you know, you know the show I do on Sunday, and all that. Uh, by the way, today's Sunday, as a matter of fact. So, uh, Michael Brown, uh, the situation in in Missouri, in Ferguson, Missouri, that one is not on tape. I don't recall any tapes or even audio recording out of what happened during that encounter between Michael Brown and uh, I think Officer Wilson is the name of the officer. But the Georgia Floyd is a full-on, like, a, you know, Hamas IDF fight. Everybody's wearing cameras. Everybody's having cell phones. And you have a formal uh, a judicial proceeding reviewing every single thing. And now you're saying... No, Chauvin did not kill Floyd? I mean, after all this fucking money and attention? That is just a blow my mind. <laughs> it's not about those riot, rioting and all that. Go ahead, Vlad, you want to say something? 
shit is orchestrated. All, all this shit is planned. Every time the black, every time the black man with uh, the progressive, they use their CRT black card, they get away with a lot of shit. Now let me tell you, I think it was Michael Brown. Who was the one that died in uh, Baltimore, in Maryland? And there uh, was great. black, black. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay. What is what is what? Go ahead. Go ahead. What are social justice uh, warriors going to say now? There was black black cops involved in that. Uh, if it's usually white on black, what about black on black violence? This is we're talking about police department. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, the okay. Memphis and then the, the the Memphis two. Thank you, the Memphis two one. Neil Neil something I think was the young black uh, man. Nicole uh, 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 Tyree Nichols. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. So what do we say with that one? That was an all black uh, police department that whacked them. Why aren't they crying bloody murder with them? You see, when yeah. their narrative fits them, they go after white men. When no, it's allowed. I, I, yeah, but, I know what you're saying. But, yeah. but I, I'm not uh -huh. disagreeing with you, but, but I want to point out this, though. The key is this. When you have a formal judicial proceeding to go over these evidence, which is on tape, mm -hmm. just like the entire world these days are looking at every single image from Gaza, for uh, from our October the seventh and all that, mm -hmm. right? When you have the, mm -hmm. the judge to look at it, I mean, you cannot tell me now all of a sudden you can conclude that Chauvin is not the killer. I mean, he I mean so he did not kill because I understand why they they emphasize on uh, whether he had put his knees on uh, uh, George Floyd's uh, uh, neck or shoulder. When they say, oh, it's not a police, uh, police uh, uh, technique, because they want to say uh, Derek Chauvin did it uh, uh, against the proper training, and therefore he intentionally murdered George Floyd. Exactly. Okay? If Derek Chauvin is following what he's uh, trained to do, and maybe he used excessive force, it will not be a murder. It will be a... a uh, 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 involuntary homicide, you know, stuff like that. You know, a, a less, yeah. le you know what I mean, right? So again, yeah. what, I'm not disputing your your critics, to critics of those. Uh, uh, work, no, right uh, here, we could be united. We, we instead of being divided, even though I'm always, I'm always on the right side of history and you're not, we could be united in this one. We could be yeah, united. absolutely. Yes. In absolutely. other words, I'm right and you're always wrong. So we could be united in this. <laughs> no, okay. so, but, oh, <laughs> my my key point is: if you go through a, a a full judicial proceeding, and still have cannot figure that out, that's why we have Palestinians. That's why you know, to your great displeasure of that, Bethlehem is empty, vacant. I know. I know. I heard. I heard about it. I heard it. Yeah, nothing yeah. new to me. I heard about it. Like maybe. Two three days, maybe two days ago. At most. I did not know that because well, I, I you joined uh, later, uh, late. I mm -hmm. when I was back in the nineties, I actually each Christmas Eve, I actually watched TVs, uh, live footage from Bethlehem from Rome, mm -hmm. and uh, because I was influenced by the Roman Catholic because I attended a Villanova University. You know, I have never seen a single year that Bethlehem is not. You know, busy with the uh, worshippers. You know, 
So, but the oh, you all make sense because uh, nobody have we do not have a all agreed version of what happened on October seven. Why? It's a racial conflict. It's a racial violence. What do we do not have a, 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 a accepted version of what happened between Chauvin and the Floyd today? With, despite the fact we have the all the footages needed, that's scary. My friend, that's scary. Extremely scary to me. It's scary because if we allow people to to be judge jury in an in, in institutioner from the outside, then why do we even have the courts? We don't have a government anymore. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. What we have is a, a bunch of people that get irate, threaten to burn down the town, and then where the hell is the military? Where the where the hell is our justice uh, de- department of justice? We got to learn that these people that want to uh, burn down towns, burn down cities, burn down homes, burn down property, they need to be shot. Right, because Bobby, when you commit Bobby. when you commit arson, when you destroy people's livelihood, economy, their whole entire life, their business, well, where they they derive their income, their livelihood, right? Well, you destroy I, I, lives. I, yeah, I understand. You're a little bit off track in the sense that, well, I understand the burning is going to happen in the future. I want to see how they are judicially uh, reviewed, how the, how the justice take its course. Even the the problem is this, like you probably don't see this, is that when the justice will no longer function, there is we're going to have anarchy. More, more 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 crimes will come, more burning, mm-hmm. right? So that mm-hmm. my concern is that the justice must work. You know, it's a very simple request, a very simple demand. Right now, that's why. To- that's why I say very clear. I say very clear. We need to go back to the Western days. And we need to gun people down. <laughs> you you are outside waiting with Molotov cocktails. I have AK forty seven for your head. <laughs> Plain simple. No but problem solved. That's, for you, that's how we're gonna that. take care of any problem. That's how we're gonna take care of the black problem. Any leftist white problem, brown problem. Look, equal opportunity destroyer. That's what I say. <laughs> we have to bring people back into a fear of law. Thomas that you go around, Stoward. you cannot go around trying to make your own justice by destroying, using communism as an excuse, BLM, Antifa, and all that bull crap. People are going to gun you down. Plain simple. Okay. Well, are you still a Christian after you said so many violence? And I'm still a Christian because I'm abiding by the law. Because okay. Romans 13 is on my side. Okay. But since you don't know the Bible, you should read Romans 13 about abiding in, in a lawful government. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I you, do understand English. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, right, let me continue to play. Okay. Let me continue mm-hmm. to play, play this clip. What about imprisoning those police officers? I mean, for crying out loud, Derek Chauvin is locked away for a lifetime. And, and the other cops also got jail time, too. One of them is black. That's another thing. The the one who's K-E-U-N-G, and so you think he's Vietnamese or something? He's black. Yeah, Yeah. right. Uh, And a veteran uh, police officer who worked in the academy training other police officers said that he was probably the best recruit that he had seen in a quarter century of service, Uh, just as an aside. But, But they were and are being punished unjustly if indeed you 
conclude, as you have just done, that uh, Floyd wasn't murdered out there. What about that? Um, what about fueling a false narrative? What, what about giving further credence to a way of thinking about yourself within your country that is untrue to the reality of your condition? The cost here is inestimable. You know, you know, Glenn, also, if you want to push it, if you think about what happened in the first half of 2020, also the whole racial reckoning and the grievous excesses that it's led to that make people write books like Woke Racism, et cetera. I mean, frankly, we have to do it. We have to say it. And then we're going to move quickly on. The elevation of Ibram Kendi really was sparked in large part by George Floyd. He was, you know, he was known before that, but him being a phenom whose counsel is attended to by people cowering in their boots at becoming amoral people if they don't follow it. That happens in the wake of George Floyd. And it was a lie. It was a lie. I mean, unless we're talking about AI creating that footage. I am still trying to grapple with the meaning of this. And so what it comes down to is George Floyd, he had serious heart disease. He wasn't an old man, but he had serious heart disease untreated. He had serious atherosclerosis untreated. He was very high on both fentanyl and meth, which is a lethal combination, very high on them probably taking more while he was in the car to hide it from the cops. He opens his mouth in the footage and you see he's got something on his tongue. It's not a chiclet. He's really, really high. He had COVID. He tested positively for COVID then. At COVID. He smoked. He's a very sick man. And then all of this happens. He's frankly out of his mind because of all of this. He couldn't help it, but he was. And, you know, he was upset. He was agitated. And that, his heartbeat probably, you know, pumping harder. Now I'm going into a medical expertise I don't have. But he was very agitated at being detained by the cops. And remember, they had a reason for detaining him. He was trying to pass counterfeit money. They were detaining him. And it got worse and worse. He couldn't understand that he needed to just calm down, despite being told to by his friends. Just, you know, stop resisting, Floyd, one of his friends said. And so it got the best of him and his heart stopped. But it wasn't because he was asphyxiated. And the other thing is, there was no evidence in the autopsy report, which has not been shared with us until now, not the autopsy report that was suggested by George Floyd's relatives, but the first one. There was no evidence of asphyxiation of any kind, not physical, not subtler things that most of us don't understand. No evidence. Now, Glenn, I don't know. Is there, I've looked this up and I can't find it. Is there a such thing as somebody being asphyxiated, but there is no evidence? You can't tell. Maybe that's true, but none was found. So Derek Chauvin well, didn't cut off his oxygen. The, the, Go ahead. I mean, I'm, you know, devil's advocate here. There was a trial. The, the whole issue is, uh, is these are questions of fact. The jury was uh, presented with evidence and uh, made a finding of fact. So who are we to, to second guess this after the 
after the fact. In, in other words, to, to support this line of critique that you're making of the standard narrative on this, we have to go to the courtroom and we have to, in effect, say that that process did not give a full uh, hearing uh, to all the relevant uh, evidence, such as that, that you're calling attention to right now. And then why not? So what was admitted into evidence and all of that? That's that's a rabbit hole. So I want to pause here a little bit. Now, again, I have not uh, finished watching this uh, Rumble documentary yet. Uh, hi, Rudy. I, I did invite you up uh, because uh, you had uh, this guy, Omar, yesterday uh, about what happened uh, in uh, Gaza uh, among the war and all that. So I set up this room to illustrate that. We have a Palestinian say, problem. Peter, I this, uh, let, let me finish. Let me finish the important point. I want mm -hmm. to introduce this to Rudy. Why I'm doing this is that uh, in these uh, October 7th, we have uh, two versions of what happened. One is the Palestinian version. Another is the IDF, Israeli version. Who do I believe? Right? And in the George Floyd case, you have so many footages, video footage, the police body camera, the cell phone image, the, the store surveillance footage, yada, yada, yada. And we, we go through a formal legal proceeding. Now, all of a sudden, these two gentlemen basically saying, based on the video footage they saw on this documentary, which is an hour and 40-some minutes, they conclude that Chauvin, the police officer in Minnesota, by the way, I know Rudy is from Minnesota, did not kill George Floyd. I want to catch up what the John McWhorter just said is this. I agree with Glenn that when it comes to how George Floyd stopped breathe, uh, breathing, in my opinion, it's a little bit uh, 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 too deep in the weeds because I already have noticed this. If the judge disallow a police training manual saying using uh, for a cop to use a knee to, to uh, subdue a suspect uh, is uh, being trained to use. Uh, that's the main thing, because that's how George Floyd di uh, died. He, George Floyd was uh, being restrained by Chauvin and his uh, you know, accomplice, you, you, whatever, whoever, whatever you want to call them, by using that formally trained police techniques. And that, that's the big picture question. Are they trained to do so? Because I know that techniques will cause a risk of a stop someone breathing. So if that is trained to use, why you, you dis, why a judge would disallow that to be admitted as evidence? That's my big picture question. You know, you, you better just say, oh, the police are never allowed to use a firearm to carry at, at, at their job. And now this police killed this black man, therefore this this police is a murderer because he's never supposed to carry a gun. Right? So I understand, you know, 
Floyd is a heavy drug user. And understand, I mean, if it's true, he has a fentanyl in his body. Well, all I know is that fentanyl kills by stop someone's breathing. Because fentanyl is so strong, it will stop uh, whoever consumes fentanyl from breathing. Because that's how Michael Jackson was killed. So that's what I want to mention. Go ahead, Vlad. You want to say something? The Michael Jackson case was a much different situation. He was a well-known drug addict for pain. And the doctor in injected him more, maybe at his petition. So it's a different scenario. And besides, it was a black. It was a black doctor, so I don't think uh, yeah. that qualifies Murray. exactly. Yeah. But the progressives will look at it as black on black violence. You know? so no, no, the, no, the, the no, Michael Jackson portion. No, <laughs> no, actually, uh, I invent this word. Uh, not invented. Derek Chauvin. His last name spells C H A U V I N, mm -hmm. and chauvinism means that someone who's exceedingly passionate about his or her cause. So what you just said is a little bit chauvinistic, meaning that you're a little bit going overboard on that, okay? No, I'm just like, telling you the, the Michael Jackson one, you cannot use it. No, what, I use Mike Jackson for the medical, clinical medical. Okay. reasoning, yeah. not for racial discussion. I no, no, but I don't think, okay, okay, hold on. Hear, hear me. All I'm saying is his situation uh -huh. was accidental because Michael Jackson was known for suffering from pain. Yes. And so he was shooting up legal drugs, not illegal drugs. Correct, correct. And he probably, against the orders of his own doctor, which he should have known better, <coughs> got shot up, injected, you know, with the yep. drug that eventually, eventually yep. led to his death. Yep. So in that sense, medically speaking, not criminally, not racially, because it was a black doctor. So you cannot say it was a white doctor against a black person now. Can I use a black card? It just simply, it was accidental. It should have never happened. They should have been much better, much careful. And he wouldn't have died. Now, well, you want to fall into conspiracy theory that someone was out to get him? That's a totally different story. You know? No, actually, it, it, is a, it was a criminal case. Uh, Michael Jackson's doctor was convicted. Yeah, he was. He failed to do it. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was. He was uh, eventually. Yeah. In, in, uh, I think, what was it? They shot him up with propanol. Yep. Yeah. But I going mean, to, I, yeah, go sorry. Going back yep. to the the, um, the Chauvin case, I think it should be retried and he should be let go. Based on the new I, evidence that you that you were showing us. I, on look, the I look forward to see what happens. Like I said, America has a Palestinian problem. That we have the possession and control of every visual evidence of a crime and we still cannot get it straight even after a formal no judicial it's not that we cannot if they don't want to get it straight i do i, I, I do not want to say they because when you say they it's a you you are dividing us i'm not trying well to it that. is divided unfortunately it is there unfortunately that is what's causing our divide the racial divide well i Again, mean like that, it's here. I, I, now, I'm doing these kind of podcasts to to actually bridge that gap. I'm just saying we should. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm not trying to perpetuate. You're getting the, the whole thing wrong. 
I'm not trying to be an advocate to perpetuate racism. All I'm telling you is how we're going to do away with this race problem. It's really a white problem because, you know, historically. And the only way to come yeah, yes, with I agree. it. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, it's a CRT problem brought about by the Frankfurt School, the communists from, from uh, escaping Germany during World War II. They, in their writings of critical theory, critical race theory, because there's different levels of critical theory, including economic and stuff like that, they perpetuated this thing, old wounds. Okay? So we're using communism, socialism, which again, I detest, to its core, to divide our country. And unless we come as a nation and we look at those external factors, external problems, foreign problems, like the Frankfurt School, like Lucas, like Herbert, you know, Marcuse and all of them, who brought this ideology of hatred, we'll never be able to deal with the problem. Because at the core of it, there's only one side that wants to benefit and wants to victimize everything, and that's usually on the left. It wants I'm to call right. everybody a, a victim. Right. Yeah. Let, me, Go ahead. let me stop you right there and offer you a debate opportunity, okay? The debate topic will be, Will the communism, uh, is it the communism or the Christian, uh, uh, Christianity racially dividing America? Okay? Because I'm definitely not going to be the religion, I'll tell you that. uh, Well, this is why we're going to debate. Okay? I know where you're coming from. Okay? Here's another offer. Don't chicken out. So let me continue the plan. Wait a minute. Don't chicken out. Well, make sure you communicate well. (laughs) <laughs> now you are finding excuses like no 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 okay if i call you out on a debate like right now are you willing to do it or are you going to put excuses no, no i for today's room i'm going to finish playing this clip by john McCorsen. you see again you're putting up excuses no i'm not but I, typical of, of, of asian which i've always had trouble when i want to debate them they always say no because they know i'm going to rip them up well i I publish all my rooms. So I have said in my room, Velat is a chicken because he failed to show up. Okay? <laughs> the only right. thing you can, you can wipe it out and, is to and, show up. Again, if I'm telling you when I have the time, because usually it's the problem the time, and maybe Power. it's not that I was chickened out. I usually have a time problem. Okay. If I call you out on a debate that same day, are you willing to hold up your end? Okay, got it. All right. Uh, let, let, let's uh, DM each other. Let me continue to play, okay? Mm-hmm. They weren't given enough evidence, it seems clear. And it's because of what you're talking about in terms of the poetic aspect of this. And it's so frustrating. No one's going to listen. Well, what about jury intimidation? Excuse me for interrupting. I Go ahead and finish it. Uh, it is that. I mean, the cult, frankly, the culture that we're in, it shows how far we've come on race. The culture that we're in, is such that not only would the jury feel intimidated in terms of maybe somebody coming after them because of this kind of street vigilante justice, but also just as moral actors. A lot of them probably felt, here's this person with the knee on the neck, that must be what happened, and therefore we are going to do what is obviously the right thing. And then there are all sorts of people at many places on the flowchart who would feel the same way, and therefore the made sure... Yeah, the judge declined to uh, a motion to change the venue out of Minneapolis, uh, given the uh, publicity adverse to the police officers in that venue. 
declined uh, to sequester the jury so that they were uh, they were not supposed to, but were uh, empowered to do so if they were to elect to do so, inform themselves about commentary that was ongoing. There was a mob outside of that courthouse. The courthouse had to be uh, reinforced and fortified and protected because of a fear that it would fall under attack in the event that the wrong jury, wrong jury decision were to be announced. Uh, speeches were given by prominent politicians, in effect saying, burn this B-I-T-C-H down, not literally saying that, but in effect, goading the crowd on, we want a guilty verdict. We want a guilty verdict. We don't have to name the politicians. We know who they are. Uh, if, you know, the image, <laughs> God help me, of a rabid lynch mob outside of a courthouse somewhere in the American South in the 1930s, where a black man is on trial for something heinous that he may not have actually done, comes to mind. <laughs> uh, and that's how it's going to be seen by a lot of people, this is another point that I wanted to make. Just because the New York Times, with respect, John, doesn't uh, see the problem here, doesn't mean that there are not gazillion people, some of them vote for Donald Trump, who do see the problem here. Uh, the excesses of a woke moral panic around racial issues that converted a miscreant. He had a rap sheet as long as your arm. You look at that video of his arrest. It, it's, it's hard to watch, actually. This is not a heroic figure. This is a flaky motherfucker. Well, everybody's going to say that's irrelevant, despite the fact that it's true. Well, no, no. It's not irrelevant to whether or not he should be buried in a gold casket pulled by a horse-drawn caisson. That is true. It's not irrelevant to whether or not he should go down in the annals of American history as a heroic figure with squares named after him and children being invited to view him and what happened to him in iconic terms as relevant to their own lives. And there's an opera about him. Oh. By the way, I do not oh, I do not know uh, I did not know all this that Glenn is talking about. <laughs> I found it to be hilarious. By the way, but uh, I'll continue to play. I did not know all this. That's you know one of the hardest things, and I don't want to think about it too much because you have to keep it surgical. Was he murdered? But. The idea of him as a hero is revolting, absolutely revolting. And so, for example, the people who have written about, I'm going to leave unnamed, that he was a father. We've talked about that. He was a dad. He was a father. He was not. He had five kids out of wedlock and moved away from the town where he lived, which shows that he was not a father in any meaningful sense. And yet we're supposed to think about him as a father. No, you and I are fathers. He couldn't, he couldn't handle that. And yet his, his biography... The man was an utter and complete mess. That's certainly true. And the idea that we're going to have operas written about him and there's going to be a wonderful movie where somebody who looks like Larry Fishburne is going to play him, et cetera, as a flawed but noble human being who got asphyxiated by a white asshole. No. <laughs> Larry no, Fishburne no, will play George We can do better. And I wish we could do better than the fact that 
As I've always said, what keeps the race debate from really making any progress is a sense that to be black is to live ever in fear of being victimized by racist cops whose murders are determined by subliminal racism. That is a vast exaggeration of something that may have been true 50 years ago, but is not true now. But all of the oversensitivity, all of the hyper-wokeness about race, the various things you might refer to in terms of societal racism, but what really drives it in people's gut is the cops. And time and time again, you find that the story that you're told about the latest episode is not true. I had no idea that this was yet another one of them. But here it is, and it's going to be the saddest thing. It makes you want to just fly away sometimes that this evidence is clear, but it will not be accepted. People will just if and but what about the idea will have to be that Derek Chauvin cut off that man's air supply and killed him, despite the fact that quite simply he did not. Or some people will say, well, okay, maybe it wasn't quite that, but he agitated him so much he shouldn't have pushed him down on the ground, and that's what killed him. When, frankly, he could have dropped dead standing up based on what you see in the body cam footage and what his medical condition was like. It will not be allowed that Derek Chauvin got a bad rap. It will not be allowed as truth. And frankly, the utter resistance to sense to logic, to truth on this, is the same sad aspect of human cognition that has so many other people pretending that Donald Trump didn't lose that election. It's the same thing. Anybody who <laughs> finds that pathetic has no business engaging the evidence that we're talking about and still insisting that George Floyd was murdered by Derek Chauvin. It's the I, same I can't go with that equivalence, John. I can't. I, I can't. What? It's what? Not, it's How not is it not the same? How's it not the same? Oh, I... Okay, I want to pause here for a number of reasons. First of all, you can tell these two, two gentlemen do not necessarily agree with each, each other, but they are just so cordial towards each other. It's just, you know, this is something, you know, I believe, you know, remember Heidi, you used the word the patience. <laughs> you have said uh, Joshua and I had a lot of patience with uh, what's the that person I forgot. Uh, Lysol and all that. Yeah, I do have patience because I do learn from these two gentlemen because they are very, very cordial towards each other. Second is this. I think I played enough about this clip because they have another clip. Because I'm very sure these two guys uh, will get into the, those cultural debate, which I know Vilak will enjoy. But Vilak can watch it uh, the full length of the video uh, at his uh, uh, leisure. Uh, but the key thing is that what they're saying is this. Now, but these two are well-educated two human beings. They look at the, what the Rumble document says. They're saying Chauvin probably did not kill George Floyd. In other words, Chauvin was wrongfully in prison. And also, they're the ones who are saying, oh, Chauvin now being stabbed 22 times in prison. You think this will not bring up the rage among the white people? Among some of the white people, MAGA supporters, um, MAGA people? I would say yes. It's not because anyone's bad. It's because our justice system is absolutely 
non-functional. And so uh, the, another reason I don't think I need to play the all is this. I have posted a second follow-up clip by these two gentlemen. Oh, by, by Glenn Laurie, actually. What happened is that John McWhorter and Glenn Laurie, after this clip, had another session with the, the documentary makers. There's a two white person who make this documentary called The Fall of Minneapolis. By the way, I have I believe these are two white document makers a little bit uh, exaggerating. I call them they're like they're acting like uh, chauvinistics, meaning that you don't need to call the whole George Floyd situation the fall of Minneapolis because that's a little bit uh, stretching. It, okay, it is what it is. It, in my opinion, the the fall is of the justice system. That did not work. It's actually instigated a uh, injustice for all of us, for the for generations to re, to re, to remember and all that. And, uh, and 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 so when they did this uh, follow up interview, <laughs> according to Glenn Laurie, the YouTube had a problem with the second interview. They the YouTube says. <laughs> the uh, what they are what they are podcasting on YouTube is too graphic. <laughs> I was like, that's another example of a of a censorship. I cannot imagine how uh, the police uh, interaction with the George Floyd in that surrounding can be too graphic about it. If the George Floyd video are too graphic. Everything from the Gaza is too graphic. So what happens on the second clip, Glenn Laurie mentioned that they have to do some editing about it. Now, I have to admit, I have not finished read, uh, watching that because I want to watch the full documentary first because I believe it's important for me to see the video evidence. And uh, But guys, the main thing is this. Rudy, I want, to, I want you to chime in here. Is that when you talk to a, a Palestinian these days about October 7th, they will have their version. They're passionate about it. When you talk to the IDF, they will have their version from the same image. They have their own narratives. America today have that problem. I call it the Palestinian problem. Every fucking side, each fucking side from the political spectrum are so passionate, so chauvinistic about their cause that we will never be able conduct the business of rendering justice for anyone. For anyone. And that is why, you know, Vela, you and I, I look forward to that debate. Can you Christianity... Bring a medical kit because you're going to get your ass whooped. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to that. This, to me, again, is extremely shocking. So let me uh, just remind everyone, because I'm pretty sure you guys are not familiar with it. Google Mumia Abu Jamal. 
M-U-M-I-A-A-B-U-J-A-M-A-L. That, that was Mumia. That was. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That was the 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 um. What was this guy that died again? Daniel Frost Faulkner is the police. So no, 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 no. Okay. Not Mumia Abdul Jabbar. We know we know that guy. Um, I'm talking about the one in Minnesota, George Floyd, right? Uh-huh. Mumia is another case, like way before George Floyd, almost in civil nature. But remember, he shot dead a police officer. He, he's in prison for life. He, he shot dead a police officer. I think he's yeah. still adult. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I actually, I started this show talking about Mumia Abu Jamal. You come late. Okay. But I, I, I know of him. Don't worry. You, you got me on nothing on that. Because I was, I had a friend who was involved in going to his rallies and wasting time as a leftist before he became, okay. before he came to the right. Bingo. Because he, he became right thinking and he stopped left thinking. He became right thinking and he left okay. all that nonsense of going out there to do be a social okay. warrior. He actually grew up, my friend. And I'm happy because he used to go to all these stupid rallies and waste time. He will be the one who tell you Mumia Abu Jamal is probably the George Floyd before George Floyd. And Mumia Abu Jamal is still alive. And today there's still two versions of what happened between Mumia Abu Jamal and that police officer Daniel Faulkner. Okay? But that's 30 some years ago in the 90s. We now have all the footage, video evidence. And we still cannot figure this shit out. That's why I said that the America, we the Americans have a Palestinian problem too. It's bad. It's really, really bad. So that actually, in a nutshell, is why all of a sudden I said, I need to do one on Christmas Eve. First of all, Bethlehem is a ghost town. The Christians are not celebrating in the in the birthplace of Jesus Christ. What happened? Because everything happening in Gaza is a Jesus Christ moment, <laughs> and there's no hope whatsoever. And here in America, by learning through the effort of these two gentlemen, Glenn Laurie and John McWhorter. I was like, okay, America is say, oh, it's just as fucked up as Gaza. Because there's no truth. There's no justice. It's all social justice, which will end up people shooting each other, all of us. So, so that actually is what I want to say. Uh, I'll open the floor, guys. You want to comment and know that. We, we really need to put a, a turn on the page of this chapter and who started putting all this hatred. Again, I'm saying they, they, there's an agenda, not only of our government, elitists, and uh, people that want to divide the country. And we have to look at the core of the people responsible. It goes back at least maybe two, 200 years. There was a group that's been wanting to divide the country. These elitists, I don't want to sound like a leftist, elitists, uh, Andrew Carnegie, J.P. Morgan, 
the Rockefeller, the Rothschild, all those fuckers are involved in. Okay? The moment they started uh, putting people like John Dewey into the school system, there was a decline. There's already evidence that in, after 1908, you had a manipulation of our history books, a manipulation of our textbooks to start making people into what? Like uh, Rockefeller said, I'm interested in making blue-collar workers. Again, this isn't like a, um, from the page of the book of 1984, George Orwell, right? It's incredible. Right? I think it was the third one on that. Because these are welling. 1984. So for the longest, they've been dumbing down our school system. Instead of raising, raising, raising people up to be intellectual, to be smart, right? Smart thinking, civilized individuals. One. You say it's been the church. I say you're wrong. They've been attacking the church. Because the church is for traditional marriage. They're not. They want to destroy America with modern marriage, alternative marriage. And you know, you know, you know I, I don't need to tell you what that means. You're pretty smart. So there's been many ideologies attacking the United States, going against Christian founders, right? Not perfect founders, Christian founders, religious men, deist men. They were not Christian, the ones that were deist, but you know, it's there. So in great part, you cannot blame Christians for the demise, because we've been calling out the evils of this world for the longest. Do people want to hear? Do people care to hear? Do people want to change? No. Okay, then you that. get the world. Hold on. You get the world that you deserve and that you that you that you place before you without Christianity. You're going to get a godless, satanic, atheist uh, world, a United States with a new faith. They're going to do whatever the hell they want with the Constitution. They're going to do whatever the hell they want with their children. And you know what I mean? And Heidi understands this because we've had this, this talk, and I agree with her on a lot of things, okay? And she's not a Christian, at least from what I know, right? But I defend her as a, someone that has a family, right? And she knows I'm on her side. I'll defend the family. I will defend the family. Whether you're Christian or not, I'll defend your rights as a parent because I have a lot of family members. I have kids. I have nephews. Okay, okay. Well, that, well, that. So first of all, I have not laid out any accusation against Christians. I haven't said you did. I haven't said and, you and did. I, I haven't said you did. Because, uh, it, no. because it's a Christmas Eve today and the Christmas tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. going to do that. Okay. Yeah. So, but you but did I, bring up re religion er, earlier, but I'm not blaming you for anything. I'm just saying, I'm thinking in general. I didn't say Peter said or Peter. I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth that I didn't say. I'm not accusing you of anything. Just listen to what I'm saying. Listen. Okay. I'm, talk, I'm talking in general of what's been going on in the U.S. When you start taking God out of the picture, you start getting a godless society, a more criminalized society, a more perverted society. Hence, we'll have people that defend those openly exposed sexual lifestyles. I don't necessarily okay. think it's fair to say that, uh, you know, Christianity is the only thing that, that, uh, keeps people from being criminals. Cause we, we don't do any Christian, uh, practice or rituals or, you know, and we're, we're kind of what I would call agnostic. Um, but, you know, we are definitely, we have family values and, uh, we try to teach our kids to be polite and decent. Uh, you know, obviously we don't want to raise criminals. But um, 
yeah, I don't, I, you know, I mean, like, I, I can understand some people, like, if Christianity brings them comfort and that's what they want to do, that's fine. But, you know, like, the attitude of saying that without Christianity, it's going to be godless and criminal is, is kind of, uh, it's a misnomer. I think it's a little unfair. Because, you know, like, as far as I, I believe in, like, a collective unconscious. You know, and I'm spiritual, but not, you know, ritualistically so. And um, so it, I don't know. I just I don't necessarily like attributing uh, moralism or uh, moral behavior to uh, uh, to a religion because it's not necessarily um, the only place anybody can get it. But if it brings you comfort, that's fine. You know, and, and that's good for you. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it because of you. <laughs> I'm saying it that there's way before we were even around. Over a hundred years, this particular story been. Uh, you've probably heard of modernity, the postmodernity, and all those all those systems of thought. And they've been attacking mm-hmm. family. They've been attacking the church. And yeah. and, and they're they're and looking course, for the demise of America, the moral yeah. demise. You have a morality demise of America. You don't have an America. Yeah, and of course, we're, we're, we're against that. Absolutely. But we don't necessarily attribute it, attribute it to, you know, uh, people being less Christian. I think it's just people like getting, um, I, uh, how can I put it? They, they, uh, they're running, you know, like it's just the, um, the, the old, you give them an inch and they want to take a mile kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They're running away with it. Because they can. This yeah. is this is clearly seen back in 2014, 2009. The, what did the gay say the, regarding gay marriage? Well, we just want to be married. What, what does that hurt you? Yeah. Why don't you leave it alone? I got a question. And then you know, now, in the last four years, hey, let, they've been trying Rudy, to change the textbook. Let, let Rudy talk. Go ahead. We were just talking about how um, sort of enlightenment is brought on by the by the church and such but one of the defenses that is made you know for christianity versus islam is that christianity is reformable so if christianity is reformable like doesn't it seem like somebody's reforming christians i'm saying that we have a society that is sort of like reformed christians and so something you know it was like Christianity was bendable. It was flexible enough by a you know a person by you know the culture and stuff like that. And it was because of this sort of you know um, work on Christianity. And it's I would think external you know work on on Christianity that people people say that we're as as advanced as we are. Uh, I would I would. You know, agree with you on everything, um, Rudy. If you're referring to the re- Reformation, that's where it started. You know, the Reformation with the Catholic Church, mm. the the breaking the divide that you know Martin Luther, Calvin, those great men did. Yes, because what came out of that? The secular liberal te- uh, ed- education that we have. There was never a public school uh, be- before the Reformation. It was always uh, closed to the people exclusively in, within that were that were closely affiliated to the Catholic Church and chosen by them who would get educated while the rest of the population was in utter, utter um, 
they were uh, utter, uh, um, illiterate. Okay, so they, they they did not know how to read, and that was they knew the power that they had over them. Then, if you wanted to become religious, they read. They you had to be taught the Greek and the Latin, but hence the Latin math. Martin Luther did away with that nonsense. He educated the masses. He got a Bible because of the Gutenberg printing press in in their hands, and people were able to study. That's what the Catholic Church hated. With knowledge comes power, right? You heard that saying, right? With knowledge comes power. This empowered people to criticize rightfully, because it's biblical, uh, the, the Roman church, which they did not want. They wanted to keep the ignorance on people. I still see it every day on debates that I have in Spanish, really, and TikTok. The debates that I have with Catholics, they're still controlled regarding the Bible. They're the, they're the ones responsible for, for giving us a compiled Bible by Pope Damasus, right? Because that's what he claims under St. Jerome, what is called the Latin Vulgate. But do you think these busters know anything about the Bible? No. They're ignorance about, about the Bible. Their ignor ignorance proceed, proceeds, continues, perpetuates, unfortunately. We biblical Christians are much different on that sense. We destroy them. Because we're biblicists, okay? I know this because I debate them every day. Different people, men and women, mostly men, though. So just to show you what came. But what came about the Reformation was changes. Where prior to the Reformation, men like Galileo, Galilee were were uh, threatened. They, they had to recant or they would be, you know, the Holy Inquisition. They would be killed for saying that the the, the, the system was paleo, paleocentric and not geocentric. Remember Galileo Galilee? That didn't happen anymore after Christianity. Thank God. Yes, the Enlightenment took place because with the with the printing press, the first book, the Bible, and then many Bibles after that, gave the opportunity for many people to read, to understand, and to read their their language, whether French, Italian, Spanish, English, German, etc. The list goes on, right? Uh, to study and become studied and become creative thinkers. Those are beautiful things that the Reformation brought that Roman Catholicism really hates. Uh, they didn't like the Reformation. They wanted the Reformation at the press. Why? Because their ideal system was to keep people suppressed. Vlad, can I, can I ask? Um, hi, Go ahead. Sorry, um, just, so would you say that the change agent of the Reformation, and I'm not talking about just like Reformation, being a one-time thing you know um or would you say reformation just happened with uh martin luther and that was it like because it seems that there's a lot of when people are saying that we're reformed and the west and the judeo-christian whatever it's talking about well like you know that uh christian is sort of ever flexible christianity somewhat right and so mm -hmm. over the over time we've been able to sort of you know uh, not we but christianity Christendom has been able to be changed. I'm trying to figure mm -hmm. out because uh, you said it was Martin Luther. Are you, are you just saying that, like the reforming came from within, or would you say that reform also came from outside? In which case, it does seem to counter. Well, he tried to reform oh, wait, the. Wait, the wait, 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 wait. 
Right. Before we get before we get too far off the subject, I just wanted to throw this in there uh, to wrap up what we were talking about before. It's like uh, what Misha had said to me about the uh, homosexuals in Russia. It's not outlawed. It's bar- it's barely frowned on, but they don't want them in the government because they're extremists. That's it, they said that when they get in the government, they try to you know push all their. Um, this nonsense. Yes, their agenda onto everyone else. Exactly. So, but but didn't want to uh, mess up your conversation about the reformation. No, no, thank you, thank you, thank you. You that was actually you shed light on a lot of things right there, Heidi. Thank you. But go ahead, Rudy. Yeah. So, uh, is the agent of change is it from within, or would you say that there's also? It's both. It's both because okay. the the intention of Martin Luther was to change the Catholic Church, which was in a using the word like democracy it was in a porno pornocracy it was very filthy very dirty he saw a lot of uh priests uh, uh picking up uh women as brothels and sleeping around because they obviously priests cannot be married according to the roman catholic doctrine so he wanted to do away with that because it's anti-biblical it's actually it's sinful it's sinful okay it goes against the the grain of the word of god and he wanted to change, and what ended up causing was a schism or a schism. And this schism, this divide, he had to flee. Otherwise, they would have killed him because they, they excommunicated him. He dared challenge the powers that be, those popes at that time, and, and the powers that were in control, and they did not want to change. But he shed light. But they, little did the pope know that there was already millions of people ready to leave the corrupt system. Was it political motivated? Yeah, of course. There was political motivation behind it. Everything's political. You're doing a paradigm shift that's not going backward. You're doing a, a, a paradigm shift. Another paradigm shift I'm going to compare it to is when we went from the Swiss-made cuckoo clock to the digital age. Those are paradigm shifts that take place. They're irreversible. Now, does that mean we'll never use uh, watches that find watches like Rolex, an example? Very expensive or, or cheaper brand, you know, that nobody still wants to tell time with the Swiss made uh, original clock. No, I don't think so. But in the digital age, now we have an opportunity to, to tell time with a digital clock using computers, right? So changes are for the better. Those types of changes are for the better. Now, has there been any other reformations or attempted reformations at Christianity? And I'm speaking specifically here in the Western world in the United States. Yeah. But not for the best, for the worst. Look at what the Catholic Church just did a, a couple of weeks ago, maybe over a week ago. Pope Francis just declared blessings on homosexuals. You you know what Catholic apologists are having to deal with now? Whew, they're having a headache. A lot, a lot of people months ago would say he wouldn't do it, he wouldn't do it. He did it. What are you going to do now? He's your law. He's what you call Lex Rex. Sorry, what well, we have in government's lexic, law is king. He's your rex lex, meaning the king is lay, is lay. The king is law. So what are you going to do now, Catholic? I feel sorry for the, being Roman For those that are Roman Catholics now, you're going to have, have to defend Lenin's Pope, Francis, Francis Bergoglio from, from uh, Argentina. You're going to have to defend uh, uh, LGBTQ Pope, Francis Bergoglio. He's on their side now. Right now, you see, it starts with blessing. Next month, next year, it might be, if he doesn't die, we're going to have full-fledged unions and marriages. What are you going to do then? Why are you blessing what God has cursed? The homosexual lifestyle, LGBTQ lifestyle, trans, is cursed before the eyes of God. It's biblical. 
but it's an abomination before God. There's no blessing there. Who are you lying to? Men like me that know the Bible? No. Quickly, when a heretic like the Pope, Pope Francis, rises up and promotes garbage from hell. That type of reformation we don't need. And I, I think I'm speaking for a lot of Catholics, too, who are my friends and who I debate and who I love and care for because they are my brothers in Christ. Okay? So I have to defend them. There's a lot of Catholics right now that don't know what to do with this. They don't know what to do with this. And it's literally in their face. They're dumb if they continue down the same uh, yellow brick road. Or in the case of LGTBQ, the Hershey Road, if you know what I mean. And I leave it to them. It's sad because that's their system. Not my. I don't abide as a Catholic. I'm Catholic universally, right? I'm Catholic universally. But I'm not Roman Catholic. Thank God. I'm not. I don't, I don't have a pope. My pope is in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. But how, how are how are the the the, uh, the the Catholics now going to deal with it? They're going to put out put every stupid excuse that they possibly can, and that's why because they don't know their Bible. If they knew their Bible, most Catholics they would not be Catholic Roman Catholics. They'd be just Catholic, non-Roman. They would probably be Orthodox Catholic. They would probably be Anglican Catholic, but they wouldn't be Roman Catholic. Roman Roman Catholicism right now is proving to be what the Bible says: the whore of Babylon. Vlad, you are making my job much easier because you're literally saying the church are, are divided with itself. No, there's only one church, and what you're not getting is it's not the Catholic Church, like it's claimed. The church is invisible, made up Catholic by church. visible. I, I'm just saying your Christians hate each other already. By really yeah, but, for, yeah, this has been going on for for the longest. Uh, yeah, you could use that against me, but I have I, I understand. Where would you be coming from? You'd just be throwing cheap shots, and you would have to understand the whole story. Ever since Christianity came about, there's already been enemies that have been wanting to dethrone it. And that's the devil. That's Satan. So you're going to be doing your father Satan's work. No. You'll be doing your your puppy Satan's work. Yeah. No, Because if you're a communist, you're automatically a Satanist. No, no, I have a Confucius, so I do not need Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you're confused. I know you're confused. You don't no, have to I, tell I me. Have a, I have Confucius. Confucius? And I know I, you're confused, bro. I know you're confused. You don't have no. to tell me. <laughs> the, the, uh, well, I, uh, by the way, I, I, I got you good. I got I, you good. No, you know that. You Thank you. You walked I, into that one. <laughs> no, you did not. It, it's, a, it's, it's a westernized uh, translation of Confucius, so it's not even close uh, with the. So yes, I, I understand about Confucius. And I respect the man, and he did say beautiful things. I always hear him quoted. And they sound sometimes similar to Jesus, but that's your uh, philosopher, right? He was known as your philosopher. He's not really a religious leader. He was a Chinese philosopher, right? Yeah, the key is this. His teaching is all about uh, building a harmonious society. Where uh, In today's uh, 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 situation, I do not see a harmonious society in the Christian But let me ask you, a harmonious society in China... Does it mean taking out the Uyghurs, putting them in uh, in prison, and trying to re-educate them? In China, uh, does re-education mean you don't accept religion and you destroy the Christian churches you allowed to rebuild years ago? I mean, is that uh, harmonious? I, I I am sure there is a re-education program in uh, towards the Uyghurs because uh, yeah. Uh, they, uh, well, let me finish because uh, uh, actually I should have played this Jerry's take on China. 
uh, basically he's saying, why the West, uh, now the Western don't learn from how the Chinese deal with the Uyghurs extremists. Like, uh, well, I would agree. Well, well, let, I would agree, no, but you finish. cannot. Let me finish. Please. Go ahead, go ahead. But because recently, uh, Austra- a Muslim in Australia, I uh-huh. think uh, he come out and killed uh, some people. Okay. Yeah. So, so this guy, Jerry's take on China, he's from Australia. He said, when a Muslim became violent in, uh, in a Christian uh, country, they will be locked up. They will be treated as a, like a, you a know, criminal, a, a terrorist. He said, China towards Uyghurs, if they do shit like that, they will be sent to the re-educational program. Whether exactly. you like it or not, at least it's not a violent means because he said, you you treat them like criminal, they will continue to be a criminal. <laughs> Even though I what, I, what I agree when it comes to the Uyghurs is, is if they can't reform them and they're foreigners and ship them back. China, like any country, does not need any type of terrorist like that. I don't care where you come from, whether you're in France or whatever. You don't. And if Christianity was like that, I would be the same thing, you know? Any white supremacist from, you know, ship them back or put them away for prison for life. Why? Because no society, no striving society should be subjugated to terrorists like that. It doesn't no, matter. Religions are not I think okay. I think a white supremacist like uh, the uh, the guy who killed uh, nine people in the church in uh, South yeah. in Charleston, right? Yeah. No, I think he should be sent to something called a Christian re-education program or camp. <laughs> I, I don't know. We don't we don't have anything like that. But you know we, what? We should not see if, like if there if, if there was. Let me tell you, Peter. If there was such a re- uh, uh, Christian re-education, you would be the first victim. <laughs> no, you would I be would the perspective. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even believe yeah. in Christians. I would vouch for you. I would vouch for you, Peter that's, Mark. That's why. That's why they used to call them penitentiaries because people were supposed <laughs> to go there and be penitent, penitent for their sins. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Well, hey, that, that's, that's why word. the, the native uh, American called savages being sent to those uh, re-education programs. Exactly. A lot of those. A lot of those indeed. Ah, I know. The noble savage, right? The noble savage. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, well, uh, Rudy, any closing comment? Because uh, I don't mean to hold you guys up. Because uh, it's after all Christmas. Uh, it's a yeah, family I know. Know that. Any, any closing comments? Well, you are okay. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Um, no, man. I, I'm, I'm with you, Peter. I, uh, and then I guess uh, Heidi as well. And I don't think I'm uh, necessarily against. But... No, Vlad, Vlad thinks that the inspiration for like, the progress is sort of, um, it, it comes from, oh, well, I guess morality, morality, maybe progress too, comes from uh, Christianity. I don't really see it. Um, I think, you know, the, the Chinese have showed, and other people obviously, uh, that religion doesn't need, or even faith doesn't need religion, but that morality does not need religion either. Um, you know, I think the native many Native Americans developed systems that were great, that were humane, you know, many indigenous people. And also, I'm sure indigenous Europeans before the savages, you know, went over there and gave them Christianity and, and all kinds of religions and freedoms and such. But, yeah, appreciate you holding the space down, Peter. Um, yeah, Rudy, come back, man. Um, and a question, because I came in here late. Um, so you're saying that uh, this convo was to deal with 
Palestine, so the ghost town of Bethlehem and America's Palestinian problem. Okay. Um, can you give me a little sort of a synthesis of... Sure, sure, sure. Mm. Absolutely. Sure. Basically, I learned that uh, Bethlehem is a ghost town for this year. I have never heard of this in the past. And uh, I consider this is a failure of the uh, of uh, three religions live uh, peacefully with each other. That's uh, Islam, uh, uh, Christians, and uh, what's the other one? The, 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 the Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the reason I want to bring up is that this is, of course, related to the October 7th. And uh, October 7th happened. There's a lot of video footages, but there's always two versions of what happened in October 7th. One is the Palestinian version. One is the Israeli IDF version. Despite the fact that all these images on the, is on the tape. This is relatable to what happened to, uh, to George Floyd and uh, Derek Chauvin. Uh, apparently, this documentary recently published uh, uh, shows that there is a high possibility that Derek Chauvin did not kill George Floyd. So this is an example I'm saying this is America's Palestinian problem, meaning that the facts are on videotapes, but we do not have a affirmative, positive disposition of exactly what happened. That's America's Palestinian problem, meaning that we are so divisive, uh, we're so divided politically or racially uh, or ethno-politically that the same event recorded by video will, will draw two different conclusions. After, even after a formal judicial proceeding, Called the criminal justice system. So I post the links in the description because uh, uh, I have not finished reading, uh, watching them myself. Uh, uh, but already, you know, they, you know, they got millions of views already. I'm pretty sure more people will be watching it and ask themselves, how could that be? Everything is on tape. This is not Michael Brown. This is not. Uh, 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 Trayvon Martin. This is not, uh, uh, you know, Mumia Abu Jamal. This is on tapes. And why is that? All I can say is that America has a serious Palestinian problem, meaning we are just as divided as, as the you know Zionists and the Palestinians. So, yeah, that is, you know, because I did hear what uh, Omar has to say yesterday in your room, Rudy. Mm. Now, I'm not disagreeing with him, but I'm just saying there's two versions. It's the same thing. Uh, what happened in October 7th? Mm. True. Yeah, I mean, the, the crazy thing is, I mean, so I was listening to Brianna Joy Gray today speak, and, you know, we're seeing a lot of crazy stuff coming from the Palestinians. And things that, you know, give more credence, gives credence to what they're talking about. And that's coming out of cell phones, that's coming out of like, you know, just technologically low, uh, you know, sources 
versus the the Israelis who have everything and their you know whatever their position is like everything they that they say happened on October 7th and after and even before you know a lot of it is just coming apart um so while i guess and again i i'd, I'd say this the, the the videos coming out of Palestine show give so much credence to what they've been talking about and have been talking about for so long right but even mm-hmm. if you even if you again even if you didn't trust the palestinians generally speaking there's just a lot less you know this we we just don't see a lot of them making up things while the israelis it was 1400 people got killed um were murdered and they they started to fix the numbers and then it came to be that some a major number of that were like the 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 the, the hamas people and you know other palestinians and then there was also the the stories about the helicopters killing and all of this stuff um yeah it's just, it's just oh i oh i agree with you uh rudy before i forget mm. to say that you know mm. i'm pretty sure the israeli government is uh, uh years light years ahead uh 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 when it comes to produce those uh war propagandas uh, but you know, after all you know a lot of uh, uh jewish people are accomplished uh, uh play writers right mm. and uh, authors right you know mm. i mean you know and the filmmakers may, may i say right and uh so no i'm not disagreeing with you on that what yep. i'm trying to emphasize yep. is that in the ethno political conflict mm. like in gaza you will have a conflicting story even though everything is on tape right, right? this is not like this is not what happened during the colonial time mm-hmm. in america right i mean we still have some photo evidence but you you think that's e- easy but think about what happened with uh, george floyd mm-hmm. and derek chauvin and that's what those uh documentaries about i say these video footage shows actually chauvin did not kill george floyd now that's a huge deal because uh, three other cops are convicted for abating and abating Derek Chauvin. Even Chauvin did not kill George Floyd. Then the other three cops are, are roughly convicted. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, whole, I mean, this is after a formal judicial proceeding where you have an impartial judge supposedly allowing all evidence, whether it's a beneficial or uh, adversarial to Derek Chauvin or George Floyd or the government. Now, who who said right? that this this judge is impartial? Oh, no, I'm not saying. I'm saying that he is supposed to be impartial. Right, right, what, right. what I'm trying to say because uh, we have a justice system that's supposed to be able to take in these video evidence, right? Mm. And 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 do it's a do you think? But apparently, after years, after 24 stabs wounds, uh, uh, Chauvin has suffered in prison. Now you have these people making a documentary with a collection of a video evidence showing Chauvin is not, you know, he is not, uh, did not kill. <laughs> His action is, uh, you know, first of all, he's uh, trained by the organization called the police department. And second is that he did not, uh, he did not stop the airflow that George Floyd's uh, life depends on. So you're giving, That's- you're saying that this thing, Not, so you're you're saying that it is true that he hasn't killed 
or is this just some um, some right wing uh, weirdos trying to? I I have not watched the whole thing, but the John McWhorter and the uh, Glenn Laurie, these are two college professors in yeah. Ivy League school. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying they are necessarily correct. Or, mm. uh, I am going to watch it myself, right? But I did bring up this famous guy, Mumia Abu Jamal. Well, mm. uh, mm -hmm. I actually know who he is. Mumia Abu yeah. Jamal is another example. Mm. You know, yeah, I mean, that that's a black man with a cop with a white cop, right? Where the black man killed that white cop, cop. and you have a conviction there. Was it the 70s and he or insists 80s, that he. I'm sorry. I think it was in the 70s, late 70s or 80s. Late 80s, I think. You know, okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, because I live in Philadelphia. Mumia Abu Jamal's event is happened in Philadelphia. And I, I heard all kinds of talks about it. So, uh, Rudy, what I'm saying is this Mumia Abu Jamal is a, America's Palestinian problem. Derek Chauvin, George Floyd is America's Palestinian problem. Well, we are so di divided. Ooh. That we actually the justice does not work. <laughs> well, one thing for sure, at least in the way that you know it's similar, is that um, the Palestinians are oftentimes basically turned into political prisoners. And Mumia, Mumia, it is it's been said he's a political prisoner as well. You know, he's a black radical um, individual. Um, and somebody that was engaged in change making. Um, and the Palestinians, you know, oftentimes are also put into prison for the same reasons, you know, for wanting to be agents of change. Um, yeah. oh, by the way. Go ahead. Mumia, wasn't he, you know, found to be um, innocent? Or what no, he didn't, he's, he's not. He's not. This is where he shocks me is this. This is why uh, I used to believe the story of Mumia Abu Jamal. Now yeah, this is a George Floyd situation changed my my Because uh, can you call George Floyd a uh, political activist? Mm, no, George Floyd wasn't. But he, George Floyd just happens to be part of the casualty of the American racist justice system. Okay. But now... Bad. But did, did you hear that they're going to be make a movie, uh, a, the, uh, a, a, a theater production about him? Mm. And uh, okay. uh, uh, what, what, what is this guy, Frischbund? Uh, 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 what was that famous uh, black actor? Uh, Frischbund, Frischbund, the one that came out in, in The Matrix, right? Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. he played he playing George Floyd. <laughs> I was saying, okay. This is a, after the white people make up the history. Now it's for the black people for uh, to make up hold history. Up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me uh, make a yes. demo for this guy. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. isn't there a space where you find a person who didn't lead a remarkable life, but who you know something happened to them, and that inspires everybody? Um, and you know, um, well, plus it was caught on video. That's mm -hmm. the main thing is that it was caught on video from start to finish. Right, exactly. So it sort of fill, it also fits in in that this is a movie and then there was a video of it. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, maybe like you, I don't think he necessarily has to be the next Martin Luther King to make a video of him. But it's just a, it's a, he's an object of a story that um, is relatable. Um, 
he's a human being. And I think one of the things also is there's, um, there's a statement being made that like, you know, you don't have to be remarkable for your life to matter. And I think that's part of, you know, the prerogatives of films and stuff is to just, you know, it's just another human story. Uh, it, it seems legit to me. Don't you think, Heidi? Yeah, I was going to say that's really well put. You don't have to be remarkable for your life to matter. I, all of our lives should matter. And, and that's not the, the Hillary Clinton way of saying all lives matter either. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, it, it, absolutely. We, we all matter to the people who, who we love and who love us. And, uh, if, if they humanize them, you know, they make, they show, well, even if, if they do, uh, take some poetic license, who cares? They do that with everyone. You know, like it's the, the same thing that I'll say till, till my dying breath about Braveheart. I get that it's not historically accurate, but it's very relevant still to this day that the, um, uh, story in that movie is uh this you know the layers of it are so relevant to this day and that's about what 13th century 12 uh 14th century scotland you know so how does that relate to present day america it still does somehow so um yeah absolutely whatever story they make out of it and with lawrence fishburne in the leading role it's bound to be good the guy's a great actor Uh, heidi think about it I know you're advocating that everybody's life is matter. I would look at it from a biblical point of view under God. But the thing is, I mean, if historically here, you just got to turn the TV and just about any channel or, or paid subscription, you know, including prime or Netflix, there's stories of Hitler. Why is he always at the forefront? Why is there a movie about him? Why is there a documentary about him? Vlad, Vlad, stop all that. Vlad, that's a really good point because uh, uh, what's happened with Hitler is that what history has done is basically skewed what happened yeah. with him. Not that I'm defending him. No, no, and I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that he, yeah, right. But um, he was just a regular guy. He was kind of like Donald Trump. He really was. He was just a populist. Uh, he he took, a, took the socialist ball and ran with it. And yes, of course, they murdered all the socialist leaders. And uh, a lot of the people surrounding him were, were monsters also. It wasn't yeah. just Hitler. Yeah, yeah. So he was basically doing what was asked of him, you know, by, exactly. by his people. Um, and the thing about it is, like, especially with the Jewish population, uh, they were, like, uh, ask Joshua about it. Um, he was saying that, that part of the reason uh, that happened was because of the socialists, because the socialists saw uh, the bourgeoisie Jew, uh, Jewish population, population as all, all the Jews. Like the Jews were the problem in the socialist eyes because they were the bourgeoisie. They, I did, I had no idea about that. So there's, I, there's, I there should sound, be, a, I, I don't want to sound like an anti-Semite. They were a problem then and they're still a problem today. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's not anti-Semitic, by the way. That's anti-Jewish. Just so it's, we get our definitions clear. But yeah, um, it, and I'm not saying that's the problem. I'm just saying, uh, we should have a reckoning, a heart, you know, uh, um, about Hitler and about history. That's not this overblown bullshit nonsense that they've made it into be. They've made a cartoon out of it. 
That's why part of the reason why I'm always pushing against the Holocaust and what what the word actually means and what actually happened instead of these stories that these people just pulled out of their butts. These horror stories that they made up so that they could make the Germans into the Nazis into more monstrous than they were. And that's not to say that they weren't monsters either. They could have just told the truth. They were monsters, you know. I so I, they, the late, the what, late what's poet, that? Po, the late poet from Portugal, Jose Saramanga, said it. The Jew tends to always be scraping the scabs of the wound for the longest yes, of time. That so is exactly go around why. Walking around telling you, look, look, look what they did to me. Wait a minute, that's a thirty-year-old wound. You're still crying about that? Mm-hmm. That should have healed mm-hmm. a long time ago. And they're still going about it over and over and over. And they call it anti-Semitism if you don't agree with them. Yes, exactly. And they make it into law in the United States of America, for no less. Well, this is, where, this is where I actually, oh, before I forgot, I want to respond to what uh, Rudy has said earlier. Uh, when everyone need not to have a remarkable life to make a huge change. I agree with that. My problem is that you cannot make up a history. Like, you have to call what Andrew Jackson did as what he did. If it's a genocide, call it genocide. As simple as that. Um, the, you know, it, this applied to all people, including George Floyd. You know, I, you guys just talk about why Jews is whining about some wounds uh, So have happened so many years ago. Well, all human beings, they want to virtual signal because of George Floyd on the tape said to the cop that his mother just died. Peter, that's fact, exactly my point. Jews made their, made up their own history, so now everybody yeah, exactly. wants to. Yeah. Correct, correct, exactly. So my key uh, to answer Rudy's uh, 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 comment is that I don't want to make up the history. Basically, this guy, uh, this guy George uh, Glenn Laurie, literally in this clip I played, have called the George Floyd a very, very derogatory term. Uh, I forgot what it is. A very, very derogatory term. And, uh, and uh, I mean, I do not know whether th- the whole thing is true or not. I'm going to watch the documentary. Like I said, I posted yeah. on the description room. Yeah. And, uh, and I want to watch it myself to make, my own, make up my own mind. But so far, yeah. what I hear is that if the judge refused to allow a police training material to be uh, admitted as evidence, that tells me something is fishy. Um, Peter, let me before you go on. Oh. Before. So, okay, go Because I've seen the video. And so is it, and I haven't heard this, um, this case being made against the video. So is, is it the case that the video is, you know, Lowry and this um, documentary is saying that it is proven that um, Floyd wasn't killed because it's now if somebody's under drugs. Yeah, and I understand. And and this is we're going with like we're dealing with a lot of gray space here, right? Is that gin and tonic right there, my man? It, it's it's no. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, getting water. It's not black and white. Like, it sounded like gin and tonic. Right? Hmm. It's not it's not um black and white, but it's like made gray to a second degree, right? That um that you know um the the the, the drugs that he had taken they do something to the respiratory system. Um, but that said, right? 
it's it's sort of like the whole you die of covid and then is it covid that killed you or is it the other thing that killed you? is it like your sickness that killed you that you had prior to covid um putting your knee on somebody's neck that is really that's a lot right and yes Rudy, yeah, especially I, for I over nine minutes, minutes. No, no, I, yes. no, I, do not right. mean, I do not mean to cut you short Rudy that the argument is this they did not put the knee on his neck it's on his shoulder now I do not know whether it's true or not I'm going to watch but I have said that in the I, by the way what you said I agree about COVID it's called the comor comorbidity in the clinical term, okay? So I understand that, what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. The, what is the videotape, uh, this document is saying this. The most important thing in my book, based on what I watched so far, is that what Chauvin is doing is instructed by the police training. It's a policy. Now, right. now no, no, the key is this. The key is this. First, the judge say, you cannot allow this document to be uh, admitted as uh, evidence. Second, they will have a fellow police officer come up on the witness stand saying that Chauvin or no police is ever trained to do such thing. That's, that's, called, that's called a false testimony. Yeah, I mean, you know, that is different from how, you know, so I take issue with that to start with uh, because John McWhorter is a little bit more towards the uh, pro-police side for lack of better expression okay mm -hmm. but i uh, know both scholars they are serious they they have the intellectual honesty and integrity to okay. speak about this right so john what mcwater bring up this is saying this guy is on fentanyl and a whole bunch of other shit it's in the day it's not even at night he's already enjoyed his a good mixture of drugs mm -hmm. he's going to be killed not being touched by anyone now i actually is not going to go that far for the exact reason you have just said but i will say is that as a judicial proceeding you must allow all evidence exculpatory for the for the criminal defendant true that's the rule of the law okay by the way the judge is a white person okay now, go ahead I, i'm i'm generally with you on that i i think you know i i'm as your, your typical socialist, I love the group, but th there is an offense when, like, the police tries to, you know, throw one of its own, you know, in there in order to avoid it. Because, the you know, the, the police, when something happens, the police, they, as a system, they take the word, they even help in hiding the, the everything, and then all of a sudden, now they want to throw somebody, and that is an individual who can see themselves in a job where management throws you something and they tell you to deal with it. And you're like, you sure? Yep. Are you sure? Yep. Um, and then they turn, you know, because we've all, as workers, we've all had to deal with that shit. And all of a sudden, oh, you can't do that. But you told me that, right? So that offends me. That said, um, it, you know, because I don't know this lawyer talk, what is the case or what is the legitimate case to hide evidence? You know, or at least maybe not to hide evidence, but not to include, is there such a, can you give us sort of like a, a good case scenario where one might do that? Or is it all bad? Because, yeah, I can see where it's bad. I don't know if there's a case to be made for like, this thing right here is not, it doesn't have anything to do with this case. And it's basically just libel or it's just, you know, trying to 
besmirch somebody's character in order to, you know, get people to start thinking one way when, again, it has nothing to do with it. I, I do not quite get the whole gist of what Rudy trying to say. And, uh, and, uh, I have to, I've said many Rudy's times. Saying, uh, Rudy's, Rudy's saying that from a worker's perspective, the management is throwing Derek Chauvin under the bus. Basically that, so he's, he's a little divided on whether or not he should uh, hold it only against him or against uh, and I, I think it should be held against the policing system as a whole um, because I have had a knee on my back not on my neck on my back and I couldn't fucking breathe either yeah I mean brutal no, policing is not okay oh yeah I need to stop taking, doing that shit yeah excessive force uh, complaint is uh, uh, I would say this is the most uh, it's the most commonly seen uh, litigations against uh, police misconduct, uh, and uh, and uh, I have no doubt about that. I have said before, even if George Floyd did use a fake twenty dollar bill, he does not deserve to die. They are, you know, I I am entirely against the the the, the, the police system. I have said many many times the, in that regard. Question, Peter, though. The key the is this, but, but the the key still is this. Hmm. Uh, what, uh, oh, by the way, like I said, what happened to Derek Chauvin, even if this is true, that is being used against racial minorities since the beginning of the establishment of the law in America. Okay? Uh, no, these are false testimony yeah. shit. You know, these are uh, refusing the exculpatory evidence to be admitted. Uh, in the for the benefit of the defendant, that's been used by the uh, the America's just system for hundreds of years, for hundreds of years. Okay, it you know so. But I want to point out that uh, injustice is still an injustice, regardless of the skin color. So this Peter, is Peter. I had a question uh -huh, before you go on. Hold on, Rudy. Go ahead. Uh, can you give us a link to the talk of those Harvard academics? Because I know you tell us up there in the open news. That's a different article. Can you tell us uh, the, the the documentary you're seeing? Where did you well, get it's it? in the description of the room. Right now, it's a rumble. It's a rumble. Uh, uh, what is it? What is the title? It's called "The Fall of Minnesota." I, actually, okay. I also comment. The, the fall of Minnesota is another uh, uh, example that these two white documentary filmmakers are exaggerating a little bit here, you know, probably to get more clicks, whatever. I mean, I know it's bad, but but the the fall of Minnesota sounds like the entire city was uh, uh, has has collapsed. I don't think so. You know, if they if they say it's a fall of the justice system. I would say that's a more appropriate criminal justice system. I would say that's a more appropriate title. You know, I think of to call it the fall of Minnesota is a little bit the exaggeration or over dramatization. You know, but everybody does it. You know, go ahead, Rudy. So the the, the link, the Rumble, is an hour and forty minutes uh, documentary. So it, it it's in the it, it's okay. on Rumble. I'm I'm saying for the judge, you know, because I don't agree as you're describing it with what the judge's decision, you know, to decide that 
certain information will be kept away. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what is a good faith argument for why a judge would do that? Or is there none? Because I can't see it. But somebody oh. knows. Yeah, well, I've, uh, I haven't uh, mentioned this before. It, it's a legal term. It's called the judicial discretion. The judicial discretion, you know, you can you can look at all the Trump's cases. The judge, the judges sometimes will exercise judicial discretion, of course, with a good faith. You mean with a good faith? Like, like I think, uh, as, uh, as Rudy has mentioned, has used this word. What's the good faith explanation? You know, I from the get go, you know, based on what these two gentlemen. Glenn Laurie and John McWhorter, because they probably they already go through this material already. They're educated men, you know. They're no fools. They came back saying this is very very bad, and they mentioned it as as the first one, and uh, and that already gave me some okay, something's fishy. I'm going to watch the whole 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 thing. Explicitly, once again, if Derek Chauvin is doing something never trained to do. And that that action killed uh, uh, George Floyd. That's a murder. If Derek Chauvin is doing according to how he was trained to do, and and uh, and uh, and uh, George Floyd died, it's a less of a crime. It's probably still a crime, but not but far less, because to say he did this without even being trained to do so. Because meaning he took his own initiation initiative to do this horrible thing, knowingly that he is never trained to do such thing against George Floyd. That's why he's serving twenty years. It's just like a, if you're told you can drink and drive, and you kill someone while driving, it's one thing. But you, if you're warned, never drink and drive, and you drive and drink, you drink and drive and kill someone. That's it, it, there's a there's a whole big difference here. So again, I have not finished reading it, uh, watching it. I will, and I think it will be fascinating say, because again, Peter, I, I just wanted I to point out that it. that even if you're not drinking, it it, it it can be vehicular manslaughter if there's any kind of negligence or or even. Uh, without negligence, he could just be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, and if you accidentally kill somebody, it's still uh, manslaughter. Just saying. Exactly. Where where does the where does the employee take their responsibility? Because at some point, you can't tell me the boss made me do it or the training. And I know these are cops, so then you know the line is thinner. But, you know, if we were to just sort of dumb it down and just imagine one, you know, job that's not so dangerous, there's a point when we're like, you can't do that, right? And cops do have a point when they're told you can't do that. Um, and, you know, so we we know that some cop departments are like gang, literally have gangster units. And so that's part of the culture. And so if a gangster unit tells you to do something, are you going to, you know, even if they officially trained you in it, are you going to do it? There's, there's a there's a line, you know. So what you, uh, Rudy and Heidi, just talk about 
is exactly what I mean that should have happened in the jury room. If that particular police training manual was allowed to be admitted as evidence, they actually, the jury is actually have a discussion just like what Heidi and Rudy is saying. But it should be part of the jury deliberation. But what I'm trying to point out is this is a typical judicial white privilege. They will take it out. It's very strategic. Like yeah. I said, this yeah. is the same thing used against racial minority defendants in the yeah. past. It's exactly like, like an all-white jury against blacks. It was the exactly. same, same thing in the OJ trial. They didn't want to uh, riot. Yeah, I get exactly. it. And, exactly. and, once, and once they brought in that cop, Mark mm -hmm. Furman, who was an about racist, that threw off the whole case. So now it went from a criminal case to a, a social uh, justice case. Exactly, exactly. You know, so again, whether Mark Furman said or used the N-word or not, is that important? Uh, probably yes, from a social justice perspective. But is it imp uh, uh, admissible or not to be part of the uh, evidence, whether it's for OJ or against OJ, I do not know. But at least you guys will understand. Uh, the miscibility of these kind of things are crucial. That's where the judicial white privilege play a role. Okay, so this is why, you know, once again, that's exactly it belongs to the jury room deliberation if you allow that training material to be in. Because you have a jury, like Rudy say, it does not matter. He should not have done that. The circumstance does not warrant him to follow that training manual. You know, you know, and Judy, uh, Rudy may say, I still find him to be, you know, it's a premeditated murder. And other jury may disagree, say, oh, well, we, as an employee, I once was fired by doing something my employee handbook says I can do. That's part of the jury. You be judged by your peers with the full set of facts. Uh, we cannot even do it in America. How are we going to do it in, the, in Gaza for October 7th? That's true. There's also... um. The case, the case against um, what was that? Julian Assange, and then um, who are the guys that revealed the? Was it the Pentagon Papers? Oh, uh, Snowden, right? Eric Snowden. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. no, Daniel Ellsberg did the Pentagon Papers, Ellsberg. and Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden did the NSC. Oh, you're you're talking about Bradley? No, no, I'm Chelsea talking Manning? about No, 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 man. The one Heidi just said. What's his name? The old oh, the one from Boston, Ellsberg. Daniel Ellsberg. Yeah. Okay. That's but, the most recent one, right? No, no. No. Ellsberg was the longest. That was the one from the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Ellsberg also, they didn't want to. They didn't. They didn't want to allow him to present all of you know his reasons and such because they said, "Oh, that's like basically against national security and stuff." So. Yeah. Uh, you're exactly correct. Yeah. This is why the key thing that raised my eyebrow is what they said is that the judge disallowed that. And the, the mother of Derek Chauvin said that she, uh, I don't know what circumstances, she said that's a bullshit. 
<laughs> I think she's claiming the justice system is a bullshit. I have to agree with her <laughs> because the miscibility of these kind of evidence are crucial, extremely important. And let that's, me ask you, let me ask you, Peter, before you go on or you conclude, how could we put the uh, the constant crying like of what uh, Heidi was saying about the Jews? Like I agree in many sense with the Armenian genocide. I see that shit. I mean, it's toned down right now, especially with uh, what happened two years ago, three years ago, right? With the uh, little war, little little skirmish that they had between uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia. But this topic keeps on coming out. What the hell do the Armenians want so much that they're decrying the Holocaust? I mean, I understand there, it happened. History recognizes that. There's, there's a reason why Bethlehem is a, a, a ghost town today. Because this world have no law. Because uh, I have said that the, the United Nations Charter is a complete fraudulent document because it refuses to recognize all men are created, all women also are created with a sovereign, personal sovereignty. The rights comes from those recognized sovereignty. That goes to with the nation, with to all people. And if you don't do that, you know, it's all about who's, uh, who's, whose uh, weapons are better, who can kill better, who can slaughter better. And that's why human beings are worse than animals because we kill each other for not for food, while animals kill for food. That's how bad we are. And let Bethlehem to be empty, be ghost town forever. That is my goal, as a matter of fact. I, sometimes animals do kill to dominate, so just saying. Well, that guy, I remember Terry said, well, cats, they kill uh, for fun. Yes, I said, because the cats are domesticated by the humans. So they yeah, but, but but some animals, especially of the same species, the males will kill each other to dominate. That's what I'm getting at. Because that's what we humans do. We kill each other to dominate each other. Might makes right, right? No, no, no. The male animals kill each other for the mating premises. Yes, yes. Right? So that that's a sexual thing. That's just like getting food. I'm not saying it's a right or wrong, but I'm just saying that's the. That's their sexual needs, and and just like, uh, you know, they will kill other animals, or, or even though some animal uh, eat its own uh, babies, even right, and, uh, and exactly, they, male lions will kill the the cubs from a different male. But still, we humans already done enough, and that's you know under the you know that's with the help of the Velat favorite. Religion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We do it over religion all the time. I'm already debating you without just debating record, you. Uh, Peter, just, just for the record, historically, is you communists who have the, the, the numbers in millions of kids for death, okay? And that's just coming from your own government. That has nothing to do with Christianity. Yeah, but those, those were right mostly accidents. Those were mostly accidents, Vlad. You mean like the cultural revolution and all that? Well, yeah, there's, a difference, there's a difference between negligence, stupidity, and the nefarious motivation. Okay, then what about Joseph Stalin and what he did in Holomodor to the Ukrainians, raping them for all their land, all the all the wheat, and leaving them with yeah, that's the domination, exactly. It's still not still not right either way. 
Well, what about the World War One and World War Two? That's capitalism. That's all attributable still, to domination again, for ju- capitalism, for markets. So capitalism took way more than, than communism. And nefariously, as, as Peter is, is stating, with, with weapons, high-tech weapons. Yeah, and I understand, and believe me, I'm not going to justify that. But what I'm going to tell you is regarding mankind as evil as it is, again, this is where the Bible and where God will always win. When mankind does its own stupidity out of their sinfulness of heart, this is the shit that you get. Whether it's communism or capitalism, people are evil. And they do evil things and they follow things that are untested to do more evil. Whether it was capitalism fighting, uh, you know, uh, like in the United States fighting. The yeah, Cold but they, War they or, do evil in the name of religion also. So yeah, that's, well, that that's was, what that Peter's was more, point was. Yeah, but that, that was more in, with the Catholic, the, the Catholic Church before the reformation and that's not right either i'm not trying to justify any of that i never would i because i know the fallenness of man yeah so whether they try well, to yeah. use religion it, yeah and that's and, and, that, same, and that's where like where with westboro baptist church yeah. i mean uh, there's a lot of churches these days that are evil too even quote unquote okay, okay, reformed uh, unless unless look i'm not going to defend westboro i know they were very very vocal and very offensive uh, that's the most I would get them, unless they were blowing themselves off like the jihad in a jihadist fashion or some shit like that. You know, just give it a few years; they probably yeah. will be. <laughs> I, I hope not, but believe me, that's not even what I would defend. Yeah, they're they're yeah. a weird bunch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, it's but, it's all, it's all a matter of balance, though. Vlad is the point. The the, the thing but is, I, where do you balance all these systems? They're wicked. Like for example, right now in El Salvador, we we have a wonderful man. Uh, Nayib Bukele, who brought justice, right? He's a Christian man, and he's going to bring more justice against the political elite that have raked the country of money and left the people poor. And he was a former socialist, by the way, if people don't know that. He's not only a businessman, but he's also was a socialist and was in the FMLN party, okay? And so what do we do now? Right now, they're going through a form of their, um, not reformation, what do you call it, renaissance. More people are interested in investing money, buying houses, companies abroad coming and doing business with them. Crime is at an all-time low. I can't, I can't discuss it with you because I'm not familiar. No, so. no, I know, I know. All I'm, all I'm okay. trying to state is when we have just systems like that that are doing away with the with the street gangs, you know, the the thuggery, yeah, yeah. Uh, the that's killing. something that that people that uh, some uh, Germans said about the Nazi Germany was it was great. There, the riffraff is off off the streets. There was a hundred percent employment. It was wonderful. Nazi Germ- Germany was a wonderful place for Germans to live. For, they were you very said it, happy for Germans, for white yes. Germans only. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, of course. That's not the thing over here about Salvador. It's a very mixed society. But what they're Black. trying to do is they have. Like you're, in, you're in El Salvador right now? No, no. I have family from remember on my sister's side oh, that okay. are Salvadorans. I have a lot of friends. Okay. So so I'm close I have close connections with, with uh, Salvadorans. I remember you uh, to Latin America or something. Maybe it was Mexico though. Yeah. But in this case what uh Nayib Bukele is, is awesome, man, you know? It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna open opportunities. He even ex- adopted Bitcoin. Bitcoin got better. So that country's making money. I mean, there's a lot of pluses for that country. And believe me, before it was look, looked at, like Trump said, as a shithole country because of its prime richness, its poverty, and all the problems that it had. Now it's no longer that. Now it's of, actually a shiny city in a hill. A lot of people say that it's basically just getting people hooked up to digital money 
and this they're gonna shut down the you know, paper currency and uh, eventually eventually yeah that's gonna happen worldwide and uh i don't like that the cash to society i know what you're talking about uh well, rudy and i, I personally okay. don't you know, because that gives government control, full control of... Uh, eventually, but Bukele is like at the very forefront of this because there aren't that many countries that are doing yeah. this. And so when exactly. he exactly. suddenly he normalized that stuff and you'll be seeing more countries doing such things. Um, and he, he, right, he basically got people hooked up to it by basically saying, here you go. I, I can't remember how much it was. Like It was like 50 bucks or like 100 bucks um, to everybody. But if you got fifty bucks to a hundred bucks to everybody, you know, again, why not bring that money together to do something? Um, that's that's one point. Sorry, it's a long point. The other point about Bukele is that there are people that are talking about how this process of round, rounding up all the criminals and such has entangled a lot of other, you know, normal fish out there. And so a lot of people's, you know, sons are out there um, in the prison system and people are, you know, disappearing, dying. But also there's a lot of just being, you know, sort of like the Obama type of justice where they lock you up indefinitely. So, I mean, with the goods, I, I don't know that I want to be one of those, the bads, the victims of the bad, you know, as Heidi said. I don't want to be sort of picked up, you know, to 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 make for a clean. So El there was a, there was two two Colombianos that came that had nothing to do with it. They came to visit when this was going on. And remember, he had that year. He still has it by. It's also like martial law, special privilege, special law where he literally runs the whole government, both uh, federal, you know, executive, um, judicial. And, and legislature right now. It's, it's a special privilege to give his own legislature, give him that judicial privilege, that executive power, like a dictatorial power. And the problem is when, when two Colombian young men that were all had, uh, tattoos all over their arms came and they, they were just making a big ruckus, they got thrown in with a bunch of the Marreros, a bunch of the street gangs, and they took them a year to get them out. Why? Because they were stupid enough to, it had come at a bad time, and they fit the profile of somebody else from the street. I mean, those types of injustices did happen, but it, 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 they didn't get released until enough bloody murder and government started getting involved and saying, hey, those are our kids. They went to visit, but they came at the wrong time when they were just rounding up people. You know, it's sad. You know what I mean, Rudy? I'm not trying to justify that. But th there has been situations where that has been the case, and people are decrying, you know, what the fuck, man? And my father had nothing to do, but they probably, just because they had past record, they just rounded up people. I mean, when he really went out, he went out. He didn't come and play around with people. He was a freaking hardline motherfucker. I'm gonna put it down, you know. But anyway, guys, I gotta get going too. Uh, Peter, we gotta continue. We're gonna debate. I'm gonna crash you, destroy you, I'll smash you like I always do. And uh, you have a great day and uh, Merry Christmas. And don't worry, after Merry Christmas, I'll, I'll destroy you. Okay. Got it. All right. Thank you. Take well, care, Rudy. Merry Christmas, brother. Be here too, and uh, yeah. greatly appreciate it. Okay. Have a good one. And Rudy. Take care, Heidi. Happy birthday. Bye bye. I mean, Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Sorry. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Peace, man. Peace to you. Peace. Yes. Peace to all. Yes. Thank you, guys. Good night.